Happy New Year. <laughs> yes, indeed, we are grateful that we can celebrate another year that the Lord has allowed us to see. And I'm excited to see the wonderful things that God is going to do this year, because I believe he has great things in store for each one of us. Amen. Amen. Well, the title of my message today is Make This Year a Wise One. Make this year a wise one. We indeed want to ask the Lord to give us wisdom and guidance and help us as we go through this year and the different things that we will face and the different things that we will encounter that he would indeed help us. And in James chapter 1, verse 5, it tells us, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. In other words, what James is saying is, if you need wisdom, if you're lacking in certain areas... Ask God, and he is more than happy, more than generous, and he will give you wisdom. And so my prayer for you and for me is that we would ask God to help us to make wise choices and to make this year a wise one. Let us pray. Father, indeed, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we can share in your word and Lord, we know that you have so much in store for us in this coming year. And we pray and commit it into your hands and we ask that you would help us in all that we do, that we would honor and glorify you and that you would help us indeed to make this year a wise one. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So what if I told you that every day of your life you would receive $24 in your bank account, right? So I got a $20 bill and two toonies. That's $24 according to my math. Every day you would receive $24. And here's the thing. That's all the money that you get for the day. Not a lot of money, right, Bobita? Not a lot of money. But here's, here's the thing. Every day you get $24 and you have to spend all of it, Miss Debbie. Okay, And if you don't spend the $24, then it just disappears. So you don't get to take it, carry it over to the next day. And the other thing about this is you also can't borrow from tomorrow because that money hasn't come yet, right? So you only have the $24. And we all know $24 is not a lot of money. But if that's all we had then I'm certain that we would be very, very careful with the things that we did buy, because that's all we had. We'd be very selective on what we spent our money on, what we bought with it, who we spent it with, and, and what we spent it for. Well, to put it in perspective, every day we're given 24 hours. That's all that we have, 24 hours in a day, and if we don't make use of all of that time, whether we like it or not, a new day starts the next day. We can't carry over that time, and we can't borrow from tomorrow because tomorrow hasn't happened yet. 
24 hours in a day is not a lot of time. But if we use it wisely, then we can make the best use of time that we can. This year, my prayer for you is that you would use your time wisely. That you would make use of the opportunities that God has given you. That you would make use of every day of your life. James chapter 4 verse 14 tells us, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? How will you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. You see, our life here on earth is so temporary and it's so short. And we need to make the most of the time that we have. We need to make the most of the time that God has given us on this earth. Regardless of who we are, our days are numbered. And that's the truth. And sooner or later, our time will run out and our life will come to an end. And we need to ask ourselves, what did I do with the time God gave me? How did I spend my time? What did I spend my time on? Some people may find it difficult to spend their time wisely, but we need to strive to do it. We need to strive to do it because 24 hours and days, all that we're given and tomorrow is not promised. You may have heard the phrase, time waits for no one. And what that means is that time will continue to pass with or without us, regardless of what we do. It goes on and we need to make the most of the time that we have. We need to do what we can today. You know how people tell you, you know, don't put off um, what you can do today for tomorrow, that's because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know if we're going to have the time to do it. And so may you strive to use your time wisely. A lot can happen in a short amount of time. Let me put it in perspective for you. Consider one minute around the world, 60 seconds, 108 people die. 258 babies are born. 46,800 photos are uploaded to Instagram. <laughs> Over 3 million searches are entered in Google. Over 4 million videos get viewed on YouTube. And over 155 million emails are sent in the world every minute. You see, time is so precious. And when we earn money and when we work for money, people often find it difficult to part with money, right? Because we've worked hard for it. We've earned it and it's hard to let that go. But when we consider the fact that our time is just as, if not more valuable than money, because once it's gone, we cannot get it back. Once our time is gone, we cannot get it back. And so this year, may you choose to spend it wisely. And I think that sometimes we may make poor choices. And, and what I mean by that is we may waste time on certain things that don't matter, 
right? And we've all done it. We, we've spent time on things that don't matter, you know, scrolling through social media or watching, you know, videos that aren't beneficial in any way or, you know, whatever it may be. Watching hours of TV shows or movies or videos. And those things are all good in moderation. But we need to understand that when our time comes to an end on this earth and we stand before Almighty God, and he asks us, what did you do with the time that I gave you on this earth? We need to give account for that. And so may we be wise in how we spend our time. We don't know how long we will have, but we need to make the most of it. Colossians chapter 4 verse 5 says, Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. This year, may we strive to live wisely and use our time wisely. In order for us to have a wise year, may we also use our money wisely. May we choose to use our money wisely. Did you know that there are over 2,000 Bible verses about managing your finances in the Bible? There are over 2,000 Bible verses. This is because money is something that is so important. We need it in order to live. We need it in order to buy food, uh, pay for shelter, transportation, the necessities of life. Money is something that we have to have in order to live and, and to continue to survive in this life. And money is a good thing when we use it for its purposes. But the thing about it is... The, when we choose to love money more than we love God, that's when it becomes an issue. When we choose to love money more than we love God, then that is when we start to put money before God and it becomes an idol in our life. And whether we understand it or not, we can become um, people who worship money instead of worshiping God. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. You know, I used to love always buying new things all the time. I love shopping, and I'm sure, you know, you do as well. And, and I'm not telling you this to make you feel bad, but this is my own personal conviction. Last year, God really convicted me and, and really spoke to me about how I've been spending money. Am I spending money wisely? Do I really need all those shoes? Do, do, do I really need all those purses? Do I really need all that jewelry or all of this or, or all of that? And, uh, you know, there's only so many things you can wear, right? And so God really spoke to me and, and convicted me about it and, and helped me to understand that sometimes the things that we're spending so much of our money on don't matter. Sometimes the things that we are spending so much of what God has blessed us with doesn't matter. 
And, and the bottom line and what I want you to understand is God wants us to be people who are content. People who understand that God has blessed us with what we need. Maybe not always with everything that we want, but what we need. And, and I've learned to be content with what God has given me. And here is what I understand. And, and this is for me. Is that my $30 purse does just as good a job as a $300 purse. <laughs> that my, my $50 watch tells the same time that a $500 watch will tell me. That a $10,000 car will take you the same place that a $500,000 car will take you. God wants us to be content, not with the brands or the colors or the styles, but be content with what we have. Because we have so much and, and sometimes we, we downplay the blessings that God has given us or the things that he has blessed us with when we say we don't have anything or I don't have anything good or, or I don't have this or I don't have that because chances are most of the things that we complain about are things that we don't even need. God wants us to be people who are content. What are you spending your money on? What am I spending my money on? You see, it's possible for us to waste the things that God has given us. And, and did you know that it's actually possible for us to waste the blessings that God has given us? That we can waste those blessings when God has poured them out in our life. And he says, be content with what you have. Be content. And it's often difficult to do that especially living in the kind of culture and society we live in, right? Where everything and everyone around us tells us we need this or we need that or we need this or we need the latest gadget or the latest style or the latest fashion. But God says, be content. Because at the end of the day, those things don't come with us. At the end of the day, it's nice to have those things, but those are not the things that last. You see, I understand and I have a different perspective now when I think about eternity and I think about investing in the things that are eternal, investing in the things that matter, investing in the kingdom of heaven and understanding that that is where we should build up our treasure. That is where we should build up our treasure because that's what's going to last. Because we can't take anything in this life with us. And so we should be wise in how we spend our money and what we spend our money on. May we be people who are content with what God has given us. May we also teach our children to be content with the things that they have. And, and I know that so many of you are such wonderful parents. And you give your kids so much, and especially things that you didn't grow up having. But sometimes I think it may also be a disservice to children and young people when they're given every single thing because they don't understand the value of it. And it's important to teach your kids the value of money, the value of working hard and earning, the value of what things cost, and, and to share with other people and not be selfish, to be content with what we have. You've probably heard people say, well, I've earned that. 
God didn't give it to me. I earned that. And while that's not true, it's important for us to recognize that God is the one who ultimately gives us every blessing that we have. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18 says, But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It is he who gives us the ability, the health, the strength, the opportunity, the ability to do that. And because God is the one who gives us that ability, he also tells us, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, honor the Lord with your wealth. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. That is using our money wisely. When we use it to honor God, when we use it to invest in things that matter, that's honoring God. And, and, and I don't want you to get turned off because I'm talking about money again. But understand that one of the wisest and best ways that we can use our money and honor God is by tithing. And that's not because, oh, well, I have to give to the church because they said I do. No, it's because God said that you do. And God has said that when you put me first, I will provide everything that you need. That when you take care of my business, I will take care of yours. And when we choose to tithe, that is putting God first, honoring him with the wealth that he has blessed us with, we will see God's hand of blessing in ways that we didn't understand, in ways that we didn't know that was possible. And I have seen that and experienced God's provision firsthand in my own life. And I'm sure that you have seen it as well. Because tithing is a spiritual discipline. We don't do it be, because it's something that, you know, the church says you have to do. It's something that God says because it's being obedient to his word. Amen. You see, as I, I said last time, God doesn't need our money. There, there's nothing that God needs from us. But it is an act of obedience that he calls us to trust him with and then to see how he will work. Maybe today on this first Sunday of 2022, you decide for yourself that I'm going to start to be a regular tither. I'm going to start to tithe regularly. We have offering boxes available. We have so many ways for you to give. And it is possible for you to do that starting on this first Sunday of 2022. Use your money wisely. Because when we invest in the kingdom of God... It is the best return on our money that we will ever get. In order for us to also have a wise year, we need to use our words wisely. Use your words wisely. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 28 says, The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. The heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Do we always think carefully before speaking? I'd like to believe that we do, but chances are we don't always think carefully. You've heard before us say that words are so powerful. Words are so powerful, and I want you to understand how powerful your words are. 
The Proverbs tells us to think carefully before speaking. And, and we often say things that we don't really mean. And it can be out of anger or frustration. It can be because we're of uh, ignorance or because we're just simply joking. And so we may say things that we don't really mean. But the truth is that our words carry a lot of weight and a lot of influence. Proverbs 18, verse 21 puts it this way. The tongue has the power of life and death. There is power in your tongue. The power of life and death. And as a believer, we are expected to take control and to control our words and to control our tongue. We are expected to have control. Because our words can either speak life over a situation, or it can speak death over a situation. Our tongue can either build people up, or it can tear people down. And you know, m most men are, are more, you know, physical. They, they, you know, they're more aggressive maybe physically. And, and even though some women are not, most women are not, you know, physically aggressive, Boy, can some women tear you down with their words, <laughs> right? And, and not just women, but men. Um, but, but some women don't realize the power of words. The power of the words that we speak. It's so important. And, and here's what I want you to understand. That when we speak something, we are asking it in a way or declaring it to come into being. So did you know that when we actually tell people, you know, God bless you or we wish God's blessings upon you, we are speaking that over them. When we bless someone, we are speaking that word of blessing over someone and, and actually asking God to do that for that person. It's not a formal prayer, but by asking God to, to do something or I wish you a wonderful day or have a wonderful night. We are speaking those things over someone. And here's the thing, in the same way, when we tell a lie, we are speaking those things either over someone or over ourselves. I want you to understand this. If you're not feeling like going into work, because you look outside on a day like today and you say, I don't want to go into work, right? So you call your boss and you tell your boss, I'm not feeling well, I feel very sick, okay? Which is a common thing people call in sick, but if you are not sick, you're lying, and you're just saying that you're sick, even though you're not. What you are actually doing, and understand the power of your words, you are speaking that over your life. You are speaking that sickness into your life and over your life. The same things that we say, we are declaring. That is why our words are so powerful. And when we speak, God gives us that authority in Jesus' name to say things with authority. That's why he's given us the ability to drive out demons in Jesus' name. He's given us the power to heal in Jesus' name. Our words are powerful, and we have a responsibility. May this year be a year where you choose to use your words wisely Amen. and understand that there is power on the tongue. There is power in your words. 
Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23 says, watch your, work, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. Now, I will never tell you to shut up. I will never tell you to shut up. But this right here says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut. And I believe that there are times in our life where we just need to be quiet where we just need to stop talking and we just need to listen. Because often when we speak so much, that's how we can get ourselves into trouble. And we need to be careful that what we say is something that is pleasing to God, is something that is good, and something that is acceptable in his sight. When it comes to speaking about other people, may we watch our words. Watch that we don't lie or gossip or slander or say things about people that are not true. And think before we speak. Not everything that comes into your mind needs to be said. And it's important for us to filter ourselves and make sure that what we say is appropriate. Because once a word is spoken, it cannot be taken back. Here's a quote I, I thought was really good. It says, before you spread gossip about somebody's life and their failures, remember that there are chapters in your life that you don't want read out loud either. Remember, there are things in your life that you're not proud of, and so there's no need for us to go and speak ill about other people as well. Your tongue is powerful. May you use your words wisely this year. Well, another thing in order for us to have a wise year is for us to choose our friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 26, the first part of it says, The righteous choose their friends carefully. The righteous choose their friends carefully. That's because that the people we spend the most time with are normally the people who influence us the most. Did you know that? The people that we spend the most time with, talk the most about, talk the most with, they're the ones who influence us. Have you ever seen a group of people who spend a lot of time together they don't just start, you know, dressing alike, but they start speaking alike. They start saying the same things or being like-minded, influencing each other, you know? And it's important that we watch the kind of people that we are constantly spending our time with because they are the ones who have the most influence on us. You see, we may not have been able to choose our family family we were born in, the, the country that we were born in, or, or the kind of people that, you know, we were around as children. But we can choose our friends wisely. We can choose the people who influence us the most wisely. Are the people you talk with the most and spend the most of your time with and open up the most people that you desire to be like? Are they people that you desire to be more and more like? Because the people in our life are those who influence us. And so if there are people, if there are friends in your life who are constantly negative, 
who are constantly bringing people down and gossiping and seeing evil things leading you astray, causing you to sin, leading you into bad habits, then those are the people that we may need to start distancing ourselves from a bit more. People in our life who don't necessarily help us, but they're hurting us more than anything. These are people that we need to maybe choose to distance ourselves from. Now, understand that it is okay for you to have non-Christian friends. And, and I have non-Christian friends, and I support that because that's a way for us to talk about Jesus, to show them love, to hopefully you know, lead them to accept Christ. And, and so that's okay. But the thing about it is we need to ask ourselves, who is influencing who? Who is influencing who? Because if other people are influencing us more than we are influencing them and we are starting to fall into their habits and their bad ways and leading, being led astray and doing what we know is not acceptable to God, then that is when we need to distance ourselves and cut off. I receive so many emails and I'm sure you do as well right? And some of these emails, when I open up, I say to myself, I didn't even sign up for these emails, right? It's like, you know, people just type in my email address and sign me up for them. I don't know. But, you know, I get all these from these different stores and, and different organizations and whatnot. And so one day recently, I spent 30 minutes unsubscribing from emails. Have you ever done that? Have you ever unsubscribed from emails because you just, you know, had enough? So it, I used to just delete them and or ignore them, but I thought, you know what? It's time I unsubscribe from them so that I just don't get them anymore, right? So I spent 30 minutes unsubscribing from them to get them out of my inbox because I don't need them. They're not serving me any purpose. They're just taking up space and flooding my inbox with them. And sometimes I think that's maybe what we need to do in real life. There are some people that we just need to unsubscribe from. Some people that we just need to unfollow in real life and distance ourselves from, who are serving no purpose, but flooding our lives with junk, flooding our lives with things that are taking us away from fully worshiping God or being the kind of people that God desires us to be. And it's important that we choose our friends wisely because friends can build you up or they can break you down. They can tear you down and lead you astray. They can cause you to get in a lot of trouble. They can cause you to do things that you didn't think you would do. They could cause you to start thinking things or, or saying things or dressing certain ways. And it's important that we choose our friends wisely. You often hear parents tell young children or teens about that. But it's the same thing for us adults. Choose your friends wisely. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 says, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. How many of you know who Steve Harvey is? Do you know who Steve Harvey is? All right. Steve Harvey said, don't worry about the people God has removed from your life. He saw things you didn't see. He heard conversations you didn't hear, and he made moves that you wouldn't make. 
There are some people who are only meant to be in our life for a season. And it's okay to let people go. Choose your friends wisely. The last way I want to suggest that we make this year a wise one is use your Bible wisely. Use your Bible wisely. Many Christians have at least one, but mo- probably more than one Bible in their home, right? And, and sometimes we just keep them on the shelves or on the table as decoration or by the bedside. But how often do we open our Bibles to hear from God? How often do we read and study God's word and ask him to speak to us? You see, we need to use our Bibles wisely. The word of God is so powerful. It's so powerful and it's God's way of giving us these instructions to help us to understand him better. To help us to understand how he expects us to live. For us to understand what comes after this life and so on. There's so much in God's word that he gives us. And it's at our fingertips. But are we making the best use of it? Are we opening it up enough and using it to understand and to learn about God more and more? We need to hide God's word in our hearts so that we don't sin against him. And the only way that we can do that is if we know God's word. And so if we're not reading and studying his word, then we won't know his word in order to hide it in our hearts. God's word is a weapon that we use in the spiritual realm. That's why Paul, when he talks about the armor of God, he describes the Bible, the word of God, as the sword of the spirit. Because it is what we use to fight our spiritual battles. When Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted, he didn't use any weapons against Satan. He used the word of God against him because it is our spiritual sword. It is what we fight our battles with. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between the soul and spirit between the joint and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. That is because God's word is living. It is active. It is powerful. It has the ability to change, to transform, to bring conviction, to lead people to Christ. It has the ability that no other book has. Did you know that the Bible is illegal in 52 countries, in at least 52 countries. You ask yourself why. Why is the Bible illegal in so many countries? And you know the reason is because it is power. The Bible is powerful. And when we read the word of God, we need to read it in the right spirit. We need to ask God's spirit to open up the eyes of our hearts and our spirits so that we would understand Because if we read the Bible as just a regular book, we won't understand it. That's why so many people say it contradicts itself. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't, um, we don't understand what it says. It's because you're not reading it in the spirit. Because we need to understand God is spirit. And he has written the word of God to be read and understood only through the power of his Holy Spirit. 
The Bible offers us so much insight on who God is and what God expects from us. Are we reading it and studying God's word? There are so many Bible studies and small groups that we offer as a church throughout the week. And I want to challenge you, challenge you this year to use your Bible wisely and join a Bible study or small group through the week. If you're not already part of one, this could be the year where you decide, I'm going to make it a priority to study God's word, to put him first, and to use my Bible wisely. Spend time with God. You see, we cannot say that God has been silent when our Bible has been closed. Use God's word wisely. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 says, For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. We can gain wisdom, knowledge, and understanding through God's word and through the power of his Holy Spirit. There is so much that you and I will experience this year. There is so much that God has in store for us, and I believe that this is going to be a wonderful year, a year of change and a year like no other. And I truly believe that this is a year that God wants us to live wisely. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 says, Be very careful, then, how you live, not unwise, but as wise. May you truly live wisely, using your time wisely, using your money wisely, using your words wisely, choosing your friends wisely, and using your Bible wisely. And one of the wisest choices that we will ever make in this life is the choice to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It is the wisest choice that we will ever make. You see, when we truly surrender our lives and repent of our sins, when we ask Christ to come into our hearts and we are forgiven and adopted into God's family, we have the gift of eternal life, the assurance of heaven. We have that assurance in Christ, and we can know for certain that we are bound for heaven. Have you made that choice Have you made that choice? Because that is the wisest choice that we will ever make in this life. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for helping us to overcome and bringing us through another year. And Lord, we pray that as we look forward to all that is in store this year, that truly great things would be ahead. We pray, Father, that you would help us to live wisely, that you would help us to think carefully, that you would help us to put you first in every aspect of our life and to truly surrender ourselves to you and to know that you are good and that you are in control. And so, Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the wonderful way that you speak to us in different ways, including your word. And we pray that you would help us, Lord, to hear from you And continue, Lord, to meditate on your word and to study it so that we can become more and more the people that you desire us to be. And so I pray today, Father, especially for anyone who has not yet made that choice to put their faith and trust in you, that truly this would be a day of surrender, that they would make the wisest choice that they would ever make. 
and that they truly would surrender all that they are into your hands. And so, God, we thank you for our faith, and we celebrate today. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.